If you have your Bibles, John chapter 3 this evening, I'm going to minister from a very familiar portion of text to most of you, uh, but uh, want to talk about it in just one interesting aspect that I believe can help you this evening. I was looking at a major scientifical website. Now, this is a major one. This is uh, where lots of uh, established scientists will put their theses out, write articles for. And one article caught me, caught my attention, and I'm not going to read it all, but it had to do with the origins of life. There's been some interesting things about that recently in the news, and so some believe that it may have started with a spark of electricity that somehow in the atmosphere there was a lightning strike or something, and and, uh, all of a sudden uh, this particular chemical pool was sparked and, and life began. Another one believes that it was molecules of life that met on clay. This had to do with somehow the right uh, uh, just happened to form on a piece of clay and they just happened to get together. It just kind of all happened and it's a really vague little like we don't know if we could ever reproduce that. Some say it began in the sea of course and that's this is the most famous one with Darwin's uh, theory that it began deep in the sea and in a sea vent and that the sea was different chemically and that uh, somehow it all just happened to be the right storm and there's, there's life. Others believe it may have started chilly. It may have actually started at one of the poles that, uh, that it was a cold event, that it actually, things froze together and this is how life started. Another, of course, is that the answer is in DNA, and it just happens to be that if you run the random DNA things, uh, numbers and the four different letters that make up a DNA, that eventually it just kind of clicked, kind of like a slot machine, and that eventually it came up all sevens and you won the lottery, uh, and that's how it happened. Others believe life may have had a simpler beginning, just kind of just happened, just chide shifting and two, two or three chemicals got together. And the one to keep your eye on because of the recent congressional hearings is life came from outer space. And keep your eye on that. And let me just tell you where that's going. Uh, the devil's getting ready for the rapture. And how else to explain the disappearance of millions of people then they were abducted by aliens. And so just keep your eye on that, the news. Just a little thought there. But what's interesting about that, all of those, they never bring God into the equation. They never say, well, there could actually be an incredibly smart designer. And out of that, they miss it too, because scientists will tell you that for anything to be true, it has to be reproducible in a laboratory. And one thing science has never been able to do, never, is produce life. They can produce death, 
but they can't produce life. They can take all your chemical structure of your body, put it all in a pile, fill it full of electricity or whatever they would think would do it, and it will not produce life. Life is a miracle. Genesis 2.7 Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And God set it up that life comes from life. That's the way it works. You need, you know, for any animal to reproduce, humans to reproduce, they have to be alive. There has to be life there. It has to work that way. Life starts with God. And scientists, of course, don't really want to admit that because then it takes you down a whole moral issue like, is there life after death? And if there's life after death, am I going to be judged on the way I'm living now? And so let's ignore that and talk about aliens. But the reality is there's no life outside of God. If that's true in the physical, it's also true in the spiritual. And I want to consider that with you John 3, 1 through 12, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. One dark evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evident that God is with you. And Jesus replied, said, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind, but cannot tell from where it, uh, is, uh, f- where it comes from or where it is going. So you cannot explain how people are born of the Spirit. These thi- however, how are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you, respect, uh, you are a respected Jewish teacher. You do not understand these things? I assuredly tell you, that what, I, what we know and what we have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can, I possi- how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? I'm talking about the wonder of life and cultural Christianity. Life is a miracle. There's no doubt about it. When, you know, I heard a great little uh, thing about, uh, uh, it, was, it was an anti-abortion issue, but uh, it was people, when uh, some pregnant women around and everybody was talking to it as a fetus. No one would go up to Amy Kennedy right now and go, oh, look at the little fetus in your belly. Say baby. We say baby. Right? We know there's life in there. That that's the way life works. It's a miracle. Ecclesiastics says, Just as you cannot touch the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, 
So you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. And so he says, this is a mystery. You think about a baby in a womb. It starts, uh, and again, not going into all the biology of it, but it starts with two cells, right? They connect two cells. You are the result of two cells. That's a fascinating thing. And somehow out of those two cells are implanted all the genetics of your eyeballs, the color of your hair, your liver function, your toenail growth. It's all in there. And it's fascinating to begin to understand that God has put life out there. And that God brings life. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God breathed into Adam and he became alive. Job 33 verse 4, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Acts 17, 24 and 25, And he is God who made the world and everything in it, And since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in a man-made temple, and human hands cannot serve his needs, for he has no needs, he gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. Here's God in heaven. He does, you, you and I, we serve God, but God, we can't, you know, he, he doesn't need us like we need Him. He allows us. We get to. We get to serve God. That's a privilege. We get to serve God. And you tell you, the longer you serve God, the more of an amazement it is to serve God. It's fascinating to think about that. To think that your life, your personal life is a miracle. You're not an accident. God had a plan. God has a plan. You were conceived. You were brought into this world not just because of two people getting together, but because God had a plan. Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. God tells Paul, the apostle, but in Galatians 1, 15, he says, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him that God has a plan for you you're not an act you're a miracle you're not an accident as we stumble through life and life is a you know we can plan we can make our purpose you know we can set our agendas we can have uh, our things but you know what sometimes we're just kind of making it up as we go right a lot of new parents in here and you you know it it's like How come this thing didn't come home from the hospital with like a big manual to understand? Right? They're, they're, you know, well, one is because they're actually a human being and they're not going to respond in the exact same way as every baby. You know, uh, spending the time with my three grandchildren, you know, raised in the same home, same parents, same DNA, totally, totally different personalities. 
God made you. He's got a plan since the beginning of time. Your life is no accident. It's not a chemical mistake. It's not happenstance. It's not evolution. God is at work. And this proves God himself. Any scientist who will take any kind of reasonable look at science. There's a video I have. It's a little old, so it's not worth showing in that sense. But it's actually of a number of, uh, of professors of major universities who got together. And they said, we got some problems with evolution. And they're not Christians. The main one was actually a Catholic. He's not born again. He's not believing the Bible fully. But he said, my problems are this, this, and that. And we have this problem with this and that and that and this. And, and, evolu- and it's scientific and it gets deep. And it's, you know. But the thought of it is the understanding that they could look at creation and go, there's got to be a designer. Romans 20, Romans 1 rather, verse 20. For since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything that God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal powers and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but when they wouldn't worship him as God, nor give him thanks, and began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like, as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, instead they became utter fools. Instead of worshiping the glorious and ever-living God, they worshiped an idol that looked like mere people or birds or animals or reptiles. So God abandoned them to whatever shameful things their hearts desired, and as a result, they did vile things, uh, disregarding uh, each other's... uh, vile things and disregarding things in each other's bodies and they traded the truth about God for a lie and they worshiped and served the things of God rather than the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise amen you look around science fascinating I I love space I love you know uh, NASA's photos and things that's a rabbit hole I can go down with pictures of from from the telescopes that are out there the space the mere the size and the fact that they've recently gotten in touch with a satellite that they sent up in the 70s and you know it's just fascinating to me these kinds of things that, because they point to God's creation you could talk about the human body you could talk about the intricacies of your eyeball it's an absolute fascinating amazing creation talk about the animal world they all point to the creator they all point to intelligent design they all point to someone who gives life let's think then about the problem jesus is talking to a religious man here this man is one of this sanhedrin he's one of the 70 top israeli jewish leaders He's a religious man. He comes to Jesus by night. He gets slammed for this, but in some books in theology. But what's very interesting is I think he was very curious about who Jesus was. He says, obviously, you, no one can do the signs, the miracles, the things you're doing, except God is with him. 
And Jesus begins to put his finger on the issue. Verses 5 and 6 of our text, Jesus replies, Assuredly, you, no one, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Water. Of course, we know that when a woman's water breaks, she's about to give birth. That's the one mark that uh, is always there. That it's, it, it's a mark, and that's what Jesus is saying, water here. It's about human birth. Just a curiosity, how many of you have a birthday? couple of you were hatched, huh? <laughs> right? You've got a birthday. You've, you've been born in the physical. But then Jesus turns it and says, there has to be a spiritual birth. There has to be more than just the physical birth for you to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this is fascinating because Nicodemus is religious. Remember, he's part of the Jewish Sanhedrin. They are the tribe. They are God's chosen people. They know that God had ordained them. They knew and recited their history of what God had done. This is why they were able, as Pastor Greg points out in the memorial stones, it's because the Jewish people would recite their, holiday, their history that they were able to retain it and retain their identity and come together as a nation. No other nation ever disappeared for any length of time and reestablished because they don't hold their history. So Jesus begins to deal with them about spiritual life. This has a direct application to you and I. That we can become culturally Christians without having the life of God in us. When I read statistics of how many people claim to be Christians in the United States... I scratch my head sometimes when I look at election results or trending polls, things that are watched on television or internet, and go, where are they? Why are they only culturally Christian and not truly spiritually Christian? That's an amazing thing, especially when people are raised in Christianity. John 3.36, anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who does not obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but will remain under God's angry judgment. 1 John 5.12 and 13, whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Life comes through Jesus. It doesn't come by going simply to church, 
there are a lot of people who go to a church and never experience Jesus. And they will tell you they are Christians. That's what they'll do. They have this culture of Christianity. This is what Nicodemus has. He has a culture of religion. But he says, I'm missing something. Jesus, I'm missing something. What is it that I'm missing? Jesus says you must be born again. Because you cannot create, just like a scientist cannot create in a laboratory outside of a miracle of God, they cannot create life. They try and try and try and try again, and they are never successful. Often they can create more death than life. Anyone say Wuhan? But anyway, they can't create life. This is a mistake that people try. They try to get religious with Christ. They try to make deals with God. They try to get spiritual. They try to maybe turn over a new leaf. They don't mind certain godly principles in their life. But they don't ever experience a miracle of being born again. Being born into the kingdom of God. John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And in the last days, I will raise them up. God has to be involved in your spiritual life. You're not just a Christian because you attend a church. You've got to have a measure of God working in your life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is why Jesus called it a new birth. You must be born again. If you're going to have spiritual life, this has to do with nature. I was in Russia for one of their music scenes, and they had a great video. It was a great concept video. It was it was twins inside a womb. And they were talking about the concept of mother. Do you believe in mother? I've never seen mother. I mean they're in the womb, but they've not you know I well I've heard mother's voice. How do you know that's mother's voice? How do you know you weren't making that up? I mean, all it was such a great video based on the fact of exactly what people do with God. When they're born, things change. I know your par- I know parents in here are going, "Yep, my life changed." But it changed for them too. There's something about the nature of life. It changes things. Life in a building. I've shown up to this building at odd hours. Early, early, early in the morning. Late, late at night. Alone. And this building can be a little creepy at night. It's big. Makes noises. Shadows. Doors. Lights outside. 
when there's life in it, it never crosses my mind. 11.30 at night, right? When there's life, it changes things. Titus 3, verse 5, he has saved us not because of the righteous things that we've done, but his mercy, he has washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3, And all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, by his great mercy we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus up from the dead, now we live with a great expectation. There's change. But that comes from a miracle experience with God. Life that is in us. Not just culture. Not just I was born. I was born in America. America is a Christian nation. If I was born in Saudi Arabia, I'd be a Muslim. If I was born in, you know, in Italy, I'd be a Catholic. If I was born in... India, I'd be a Hindu. If I was born in Japan, I'd be a Buddhist. But I was born in America. So bless God, I'm a Christian. Because I'm born in America. Really? You need a miracle of God, a spiritual encounter. Jesus says, you can see, you, can, you don't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. You don't know. I know they've figured out some of the jet streams and things. Wind comes, wind goes. But, you know, we can't see. We can't step outside. You might tell the direction it's coming from, but you don't know where it's going. Winds spin around. Things happen. You can't, but you see the effects, and that's what he points out. When there's life, there's effects. There's a lot of mothers in here who've looked tired over the last year because they've been woken up in the middle of the night by a crying baby. But when the baby's too quiet, you get a little nervous. When they get older and they're quiet, you get nervous, but for a different reason because they're scheming something. True story. My, my wife was over, a pastor's wife in, in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, my daughter and her daughter were upstairs and all of a sudden it got too quiet and the two mothers looked at each other and they walked in. They had a bunk bed and a ceiling fan and the kids thought if we just put a towel over one of the blades and jump off the bunk beds, we can go round and round and round. They got there just before my daughter jumped. Thank God. But life, that's, that's when they're quiet later. But life, there's signs of it. One of the spiritual signs of life is that it reproduces life. Genesis 1, 11 and 12, And then God said, Let the sprouts with vegetation and every sort of seed-bearing plant and tree that grows seed-bearing fruit and seeds that will produce the kind of plants and trees from which they came. And, it ha- and, it, and, this, and that is what happened. And the land produced vegetation of all seed-bearing plants and trees, seed-bearing fruit and seed 
Their seed produces plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. God put in the fabric of life the ability to reproduce life. When there's spiritual life in us, we have the ability to reproduce it. When there's no life, we can't reproduce it. This is the mark that God looks for. The seed inside you. Being born again, you can have that miracle. The disciples saw Jesus do many miracles in addition to the ones recorded. John writes this, John 20 and 30 and 31. But these things are written so that you may continue to believe in Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, and believing you will have life by the power of His name. We need miracles. This is what visitors need. This is what new converts need. They need a miracle. When someone prays, it's, that's just the beginning. They need a miracle. I believe also life produces, the life of God produces repentance. We no longer want to sin. We no longer, we, we now want to please God. We no longer want the wages of death working in our lives. Ephesians four seventeen and 18, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God gives, they wander far from the life God gives because they have closed minds and hardened their hearts against him. I believe that sin falls off, sin should change. It's not to say that someone doesn't sin occasionally or something might happen as a Christian, but the habitual practices of sin, no longer drink, smoke, swear, those kinds of things should change what you watch, what you listen to, all should change. Attitudes should change when you become a Christian. And the life of God should produce the focus of destiny. Mark Twain made the famous quote, I've used it numbers of times, you've probably heard it from other preachers. There are two important days in a man's life, any person's life, the day they're born and the day they discover why. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth, for, Christ, for you died to this life, and the, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. God has a plan for you. Part of the miracle of life, being born again, 
is pursuing that. Saying, God, I want to be that person who you called me to be. Let's go back to Nicodemus now. Think about this man. He's religious. He has given his life over. Paul writes about his experience as a Pharisee. He kept the law. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to even try. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about all the, the 617 laws that they had to go through from just simply washing hands to greet all, you know. Oh, thank God we're under grace. That's why I don't want anything to do with Jewish roots. That and I like bacon. Again, one of those shirts. I actually saw a guy at the fair wearing this shirt. He said, I can't make everyone happy. I'm not bacon. <laughs> I liked that shirt. But the other thought there is he doesn't get life. He could tell you about the rules. He could tell you about how long he had been a Pharisee. He could tell you about all the spirit, all the realities of maybe history of what God had done. But he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't have spiritual life working in him. The danger is we try to reproduce it without a miracle of God, we will fail. Just like scientists have never been able to produce You're not going to produce it by your righteousness. Your righteousness is like a bag of dirty rags. You're not going to produce it by your church attendance. You're not going to produce it by what you say you do or don't do. You're going to produce it by a miracle of God in your life, by being born again. If you've lost it, you can get it back. Because that's what we need more than anything else. We need the life of God. It preserves. It protects. It reproduces. It saves. It gives us expectation and purpose. It's a miracle. That's why Jesus said, born again. Because when babies are born, it's, it's great to watch them up. It's great to watch their personalities. It's, you know, to see the, the little ones around here and see their personalities. Fantastic. I love them. They all got unique personalities. They're all smiley right now. They're in great stages. A couple of months. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to scare the parents yet. And they discover they have a will. That's when things get tough. But anyway... But being born again, you can have that experience. And if you've had it and lost it, you can get it back. But that's what every one of us needs. Not cultural Christianity. I don't want to pastor churches full of people who are just cultural Christians. Converts. People who have had an experience being born again. That's what God wants from us. And it's a great blessing to have. That's what Jesus is talking to this man about. Life and the miracle of it. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're here this 
this evening, and maybe you don't have the life of God. Maybe you would say, well, I was born in America. I'm a Christian. I've, come to, I've been going to church for 20 years, or whatever you might say. But life is a miracle. It cannot be reproduced any, any other way outside of a miracle. And any parent that has held their child for the first time knows that's a miracle. It's a miracle. Same is true in the spiritual. It's a miracle. You need a miracle in your life. That's what you need. You need God to visit you, forgive your sins. You need to know, not just say, I attend, I go, I'm part of, I know a few Bible verses. And Nicodemus was extremely religious. And he didn't have that. And God wants to give it to you. You know, Jesus doesn't tell this religious man, what should I, why should I give you the time of day, dude? Because Jesus reaches out. He takes time for this man. He comes at night. He meets him. It's this clandestine meeting. It's... But they talk, and Jesus brings that reality. Because Jesus cares about people. He wants to help you. He wants to give you life. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You're not born again. You're not. You don't have that miracle of life. You want it though. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand and say, that's me. Pray for me. Anyone at all. Very quickly. I need Jesus. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe it's not gross and moral sin that you got involved in. Maybe you just lost what God has. Paul calls us in 2 Corinthians leaky vessels. We leak out everywhere. We can lose the life of God. I heard a testimony of a man who was in one of the first Christian bands. Went on to a solo career. Brian Duncan is his name. Went on to a solo career, but he said he was addicted to painkillers, not living right, going out every night talking about the grace of God and he said I knew nothing of what I was talking about nothing of what I was singing about anymore had to check himself into rehab he's saved today he's really gloriously saved but he said you know what I knew the culture of it I didn't know the personal experience of it and maybe you've lost that you need to get it back just slip up your hand pray for me I need to get it back. It's not horrible sin. It's just, you know what? I don't have that life you're talking about. Changing the call then to Christians. The danger for any one of us is that we can lose it. You know, quality of life is a big terminology today. It is used a lot. Oh, quality of life, quality of life. You can have a good spiritual quality of life. But it's up to you to maintain it. God gave us life. You know, your mother can brush your teeth for a few years, but eventually it's on you, man. Eventually you've got to do some things. And if it's just a cultural thing, 
Come and talk to God. God will visit you. God will help you. Because that's what you need is a miracle. And it just so happens God is in the miracle working business. Let's all stand for just a moment. I'm going to sing that song. I fix my eyes on you. Give him praise this evening. These altars are open. I fix my eyes on you.